0: everybody um i missed y'all uh, a lot has happened and uh i see ahmed's on here uh let's see if lisa's on here uh mansoor so yesterday we got uh our second trial in two weeks we got a really for the case we got a significantly good verdict one of the few times that the jury actually awarded exactly what I suggested. And people think like, well, if you win, and you know, they got to listen to you. Not all listen 100%, but I'd say probably half a dozen times, 10 times, a jury's actually awarded exactly what we said. So we have, I said $1.46 million and that's exactly what they awarded. So it was great. Um, I wanted to talk about that because um, last Alder talk, I had said, let me have somebody who hasn't had a lot of trial experience join us. Actually, um, Ahmed and Lisa Sepperson hit it. Audio issues. Say that again?
1: I think you froze. Can you guys hear
2: me? No, now we can, there was a freezing on your end. All right.
0: Um, So anyway, Ahmed and Lisa joined, they became co-counsel they associated in. And so now they have their first seven figure verdict on their name as well and and really proud of them. They did great work and we wanna talk about that. Um, So let me just kind of start uh welcome everybody see people are still coming in and it's like five six after I wanted to start to kind of set the tone um Masi Kazaruni sent me something um from Kobe Bryant that I sent out to everybody and I know some of y'all have watched it but we're all going to watch it together it's about four minutes and it's so worth it and you know whether you liked Kobe or you didn't like Kobe it's so interesting that clearly he was affected by Phil Jackson, the coach. And one of the things that I remember Phil Jackson was talking about was he would give books to his players. He would talk about perspective. He would talk about hurdles and obstacles and routines and not working hard, but doing the hard work. A lot of the same thing. from the Roman Empire. These things are not new or novel, but when you hear them and you apply them, they really become effective ways of living your life. And Kobe Bryant, again, whether you liked them or not, really, I think, took that in. And I wanted to play for y'all something that Masi sent me and just take four minutes and understand that what he's talking about is some of the same stuff that I've repeated because... He and I both learned it from a million other people. So I'm going to share my screen. And um, can y'all see that? So let me do this. Speak
2: Italian. I didn't have any friends. We growing up in Italy. You hear uh, it? When I first moved over there, it was, you know. Mike, the video's not playing for us. I didn't have any it's not. I think you're sharing the wrong part of your
1: screen. You're sharing your chats, like your texts. You need to share the video playing.
0: I thought I did. Can you see that?
1: Can you see? It the doesn't actually. We can. We can't see the video big. We just see it as part of your chats, and then the video itself is not playing. But we hear the audio.
0: All right. Let's just listen to the audio. The okay? audio is just as good. I'm sorry that we didn't do this.
2: I At mean, the game of basketball.
0: I thought I texted it, I tested it, but... Growing
2: up in Italy, um, when I first moved over there, it was, you know, I didn't speak Italian, I didn't have any friends. You know, I had the game of basketball, and through sport and playing soccer, I was able to make friends and build connections. But it was a lot of time spent alone, and when I came back to the States, I wasn't the most athletic kid. I couldn't compete with these kids. They're doing windmills and dunking backwards, and I'm happy to, like, tap the backboard, you know, so... I had to look at it from the long term because I wasn't going to give up on the game. So I had to say, okay, this year, I'm going to get better at that. Next year, this, and so forth and so on. And then patiently, I was able to catch them. It's the consistency of the work. Monday, get better. Tuesday, get better. Wednesday, get better, right? And you do that over a period of time, You know, not like one month or two months. I mean, it's three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, and then you you, know, you get to where you want to go. You know, obsessiveness just comes from something that you love, like you really love it, you'll go through fire for it, you know, you'll go through the ups and downs with it, and you'll just keep at it because you love it so much. You make game-winning shots and it's awesome, you come back the next day and miss a game-winning shot and it's misery, and then the next day comes and you're back playing again, and you understand that life has this cyclical nature where it's, you know, what you do on Monday is fantastic, but then Tuesday is a bad day, but guess what, there's Wednesday. Every day is just constant improvement, constant curiosity, constantly getting better. The results don't really matter. Look at how do you deal with the inner challenges, the kind of the self-negotiation that takes place inside of our own heads. You start talking to yourself saying, man, my my knee is really sore right now. Maybe I'm doing too much. And that's you just got to say, you know what? I'm not negotiating with myself. The deal was already made. And I set out at the beginning of the summer and said, this is the training plan I'm doing sign that contract with myself, I'm doing it. You know, a lot of times I've seen players, even myself when I was younger, being consumed by a particular fear and to the point where you're saying, okay, nah, it's it's not good to feel fear. I shouldn't be nervous in the situation right now. it does nothing but grow. Emotions come and go. The important thing is to accept them all, to embrace them all. And then you can choose to do with them what you want versus being controlled by emotion don't hide from it you gotta be able to look at it and deal with it at all Madison
1: Square Garden lit up in the Lakers uniform colors purple and gold
2: to honor Kobe Bryant Bryant and his 13 year old daughter Gianna and seven others it's okay to feel because you're going to be loved no matter what and that doesn't just mean basketball I means anything
0: so y'all can hear that huh so um, I, we did send it to everybody so you can actually see it as well. But doesn't that really kind of embody a lot of the same thing talking Growing up in about? Italy,
2: um, when I first moved over there, was, you know- Hold on. I didn't speak Italian. I didn't have any friends. You know, I had the game of basketball and through sport and playing soccer, I was able to make friends and build connections. But it was a lot of time spent alone. This is crazy, huh? When I came back to the States, I wasn't the most athletic kid. I couldn't compete with these kids. Hold on. They're doing windmills and dunking backwards, and I'm happy to, like, tap the backboard, you know? So I had to look at it from a long term.
0: I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm sorry about that. But um, what I wanted to say was uh, there are some really important things that I think apply to all of us, but applied in this trial, applied in my last trial, but also apply in life. And I wanted to share them with you, because one of the most important things that he said, I thought, was that emotions come and go. But emotions for all of us are the predominant thing that usually governs what we do. It's what predominantly governs how jurors come. That's the whole reptile theory that when you plug into their emotions, and their emotion of, if I don't vote for the plaintiff, then I'm going to get hurt just like the plaintiff. And that whole thing was about plugging into their emotions. And I wanted to talk about that because Ahmed, Lisa, Mansoor, we all in this last trial had ups and downs. In the trial that Corinne and I did in Ventura a couple of weeks ago, there were ups and downs. Something that happened to me just recently, there are ups and downs. And I have experienced exactly what all of y'all have experienced. And it's exactly what Kobe talked about. Monday, you make a game winning shot. Tuesday, you miss a game winning shot, right? And what is so important for us on a career basis, on a positive movement progress basis, is to try to continue to do the things that allow us to get up and take another shot. Get up and take another shot. And the two most important things of that are to understand that failure is an inevitability, but it is not an identity. And understand that how you feel about something is within your control. And if you're not feeling good, if your emotions are not in the right place, understand that those two will pass and that the best way to deal with those emotions is to identify them and feel them. Because once you feel them, then you have choices. Until you accept and feel those emotions, they will likely control you. And so I wanted to talk about how it affected me, because I, not because I'm somebody any different than anybody else, but some of y'all may not want to talk about this, but I will, and maybe you'll feel this way. So in the last trial, okay? Our doctor was a friend of mine. I've known him for a while. And the orthopedic wasn't a big part of the case, so we designated him. Well, anyway, the trial was audio played, you know, transmitted in co- from the court. And I put the doctor on. And he did a direct. He got cross-examined. The defense asked him, do you know Mr. Alder? Yeah, have you ever worked with him before? Yeah, whatever. Anyway, it goes off. He leaves. We finish. And about two days later, he gets subpoenaed to come back. And then the next day, the defense files a motion to have him come back. And in there is a declaration that said, 20 minutes after the doctor got off the stand, defense counsel got an anonymous call from someone who said, you guys screwed up. You don't know that Alder and this doctor know each other and his wife, knows them, and here's his wife's Instagram page, and here are some photos showing. And he, his wife and Mr. Alder met at a convention where she was pushing this doctor's wares. Now the judge ultimately said, get out of here, you know, whatever. But let me tell you how that made me feel. Shit, I got some haters, right? Who, this is somebody who's a lawyer? who has knowledge of this being broadcast, who was listening to the cross when they didn't hear what they wanted to embarrass me or my wife, called the defense anonymously, sent them photos from the Instagram page of my wife, knowing for the last two years that we met. So this is not only just the general hater, this is somebody in my business, somebody who's directly trying to hurt me to hurt my clients, to hurt my co-count. I'm like, whoo! Now I have a choice, okay? Now, of course, what was my first thing? Fuck them. What did Gina said? She was like, all right, let me, I'm a search and destroy. Emotions. I'm scared. I'm angry. I'm pissed. What? Why would someone do this? Maybe I did something wrong. Maybe I hurt somebody I didn't know about it. All these different emotions, right? But what I've been talking about is perspective and understand that emotions are not bad things. They are just things, right? Emotions can be looked at as the obstacle that you can't get past or as clouds that go by. And sometimes those clouds rain on you And sometimes those clouds let the sun through. And so just that example, all of these different techniques I tried to use that I think everybody here can use. Well, let me put it in a different perspective. Damn, they don't hate good people, they hate great people. Hmm, I must be doing something right. If I'm scaring my competitors so badly, that they got to sabotage my ass. Hmm. People are talking about me. People are thinking about me. You know, any kind of things that I could do to put a positive spin on it. And then I made a choice to say, why am I letting someone else's behavior govern how I feel about myself? And if I'm really comfortable with what I'm doing in my life, then I'm okay. And if People don't like that, God bless them. What a blessed place that we live, that we are living in in a country that allows people to be diametrically opposed to you and to be able to express that. Now, do you see that the difference in how you do that means I shut down, I'm scared, I won't do the next shot or I turn it to a positive. Again, I'm not special. I'm not saying anything me is different than anybody else. I'm just using it as an example because I think all of you have had these types of things happen, right? Whether it be a family member at a family reunion, whether it be something on Instagram, maybe it would. So I say that because the next thing that happened to me was this is the first year in 23 years that I've not been asked to speak at the Cala Vegas Convention, Right? Now, I'm a past president. I'm a past traveler of the year. I'm the main sponsor for the... And after 22 years of straight talk, I get asked to step aside. Actually, I didn't get asked. No one even contacted me. I found out when I looked on the website and I didn't see my name. Now, again, here comes all of the emotions. Here comes all of the concerns what did I do wrong, fuck those guys, everything in between. How can I hurt them? How can I hurt whoever it was who made the decision? And these are not bad things. This is just what we all go through, right? It's all what we're thinking. Then you change your perspective. Well, if there's no spot for me, that means there's a spot for someone else. And maybe that will help them in their career. right? Hey, they asked a, a couple of people in my firm to, uh, to speak. Maybe one of those spots was my spot and good for them. Hey, they said there's a, a real focus on diversity and inclusion. And that means that to be more diverse, there are spots that are gonna be lost. And why am I the one that shouldn't lose that spot? Maybe what, By not asking me to speak, they were able to include more people, maybe be more diverse, so maybe it's a positive. And ultimately, we're gonna go into the convention with with no change, in fact, maybe a a better attitude and saying, you know what? Maybe this is a transition in Cala that I've devoted my entire career to that I can help in that transition. And if me stepping aside means helping that transition, then great. Now, do you see when I started, I was, <laughs> it was fucking warfare, right? But the facts are the facts. I ain't speaking in Vegas. Right? Now, how I deal with that is totally up to me. And it's totally up to you guys, right? In every one of these things. Does that make sense? Y'all feel like you're in church again? So I'm going to stop right here and I want to see if anybody has any thoughts, any examples, we've done a ton of time on this, but anything that maybe you guys have had happen to you that you went through that to, all right, now let me take a step back to anybody.
1: Jeff. Yes, hi, Mike. Hey. Thanks for sharing that with us. Sure. What about, you talked about a couple instances where it came from outside, an outside source, an outside person? How? What about if it comes from inside? You feel like you sabotage yourself. You made you you made a mistake in judgment. You, it didn't come from outside like uh, we have cases. We make it, you know, we didn't refer them to uh, medical care and treatment when we should have, or something like that. We had an opportunity, and then you regret it later on. How do you deal with change the emotion? No,
0: Jeff, you made a mistake in one of your cases. Yeah. Has there anybody else who's made a mistake in one of their cases? (laughs) Hell, I screwed up this morning, right? Now, it is a way of life. It is something that happens. It is failure. Whatever you feel like that failure is, it's going to happen to you a million times in the future. What matters to you is, I believe, how you deal with that acknowledgement. First, different perspective. Kudos to you for acknowledging that you feel like you made a mistake, right? A lot of people go through life, they think they're all that in a bag of chips and they've been a screw up all their life, right? You now have acknowledged yourself that you've done something that you didn't like. And by doing that, that gives you the opportunity to now do something different in the future. So, What happened to you is what's happened to all of us. What matters is how you deal with it and how you look at it and how you feel about it and how you talk about it It means everything as to whether you're going to repeat it in the past, in the future, or you're going to change it in the future. So I heard you say, but if we just change the word but to and, just that, every time you use the word but, use the word and instead. It doesn't change the facts. It doesn't change anything except for your perspective and it is a game changer. So Jeff, you said, I hear that outside, but Mike, what happens if it's inside? So instead say, Mike, I heard you talk about it's outside and what if it's an inside? And then you say, and the same rules apply. I don't know if that helps, but again, yeah, how you deal with it is really important. Anybody else? Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate that. By the way, I think I screwed up more than one time this morning. <laughs> yeah, Captain.
1: Yeah, Mike, I, I wanted to say thank you for sending that video. And you said Matthew sent it to you? Oh,
2: uh-huh, Yeah.
1: Thank you for sending that too, because sometimes you send these videos and you don't know who's gonna watch them. And when I watched that, it was actually a time when I really needed something like that. And I know I emailed Rita about it because when Kobe said, you know, Monday is a good day, Tuesday is a bad day, Wednesday is a good day. I was actually having a bad Tuesday and I could relate so much when I heard it. And I, I said, okay, stop. It's a bad Tuesday, Tomorrow is it gonna be a good Wednesday. And so that helped me pivot at that moment that I watched that. So um, sometimes you just have to share these videos and someone will be affected greatly by it. So thank you both.
0: Sure. You know, when I was a young man, my I, I used to say my father didn't know what the hell he was talking about. Now He said the same things my entire life. And he just seemed to get smarter as I got older. And one of the things that he said from a, a preacher standpoint, it's in the Bible, he's like, Mike, this too shall pass. Whenever you get up against the wall, understand that this too shall pass. And when I was younger, I was like, shut up. That's right. Then you go through a divorce and you think your life is over, but this too shall pass. Then you lose a trial and you think that you are now a loser. And how do people not understand that I'm saying something that's right? How do they not listen to me? I'm a loser, this too shall pass. I'm, I went bankrupt, this too shall pass. And I know that that sounds like a simple thing, but what that is, is a perspective. It is, this is what's going on in the present. It is what it is, I'm going to accept it, but I know that I have a future and this too will pass. And then I move on to the next. And all of our success, the primary factor is consistent behavior over time. And so all of these techniques allow us to make it more likely to get up and do it again, consistently over time. And that is what separates the wheat from the chaff, right? Again, when I gave a speech about how to get a big verdict and everybody wants to hear about how to get a big verdict, I said, look, 800, oh, Um, At Kella, I was like, look, there are about 800 people in here. All of y'all are smart. You're all lawyers. You all got through the bar or you're going to get through the bar, which means you're smart, you're motivated, you work hard. You got financial resources to some degree. But when you come back in 10 years, 15 years, about five of you are going to be the ballers that everybody else is going, ah, they got lucky. They got, they're good looking. They're well-spoken. They got the right case. They got family money. Um, They were in the right place at the right time. Now, all of that helps. but like I said then and what I said now, the real difference is your ability to consistently behave over time and to continuously go back to the well. Good times, bad times. What did Kobe said? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Those are the game changers. And most of the people that we see that we think are successful have failed the most times. But they were the ones that were able to take that failure and to get up and do it again. Right. So, um, Ahmed, is I don't know if Lisa's on here, but Ahmed, this is your first trial that we were in in uh, San Bernardino.
1: Yeah, first jury trial.
0: So, Ahmed is now undefeated.
1: Uh, thanks, to Mike.
0: Nothing more than a million dollar guy, right? But just a couple of quick hits, no, no ass kissing. I don't need ass kissing. What did you feel like were some of the a, two or three bullet points that, that would help people as they try to expand as
1: travelers? Most of the work is done prior to the trial. So that is that is that 70% of the trial. Um, obviously discovery, I'm not, I don't wanna to get too deep into that. In trial, I felt like where Mike makes a difference or where these top tier trial attorneys make a difference, at least from what I saw is the cross and the closing. And you obviously, I mean, maybe it's from experience, or Mike's just got it. But you have—I've seen attorneys. I've watched other attorneys in trial, not as successful, and they just don't under. There's no emotional intelligence. I don't. Can you guys hear me? Okay. So there's no emotion. They don't understand when to lay it on, when to lay off of it. The entire time I was watching Mike, even when Lisa was going up there. He was like, a, an, uh, you know, an orchestrator, a, a conductor at an orchestra. You see these subtle moves where he tells you to stop. Other people in the, in the trial don't see it. But he knows when to pull away from questioning, you know, uh, from directing awareness, when to go in deeper, when to just cut it <laughs> off. You know what, no. let me stop you because you can't help but oh, kiss my life. I mean, oh, that, that, that's, no, no, that, I mean, it has nothing to do with that. I...
0: No, but Ahmed, let me. Let me to inter- be
1: at your level, you have to do that.
0: And let me interrupt for just a minute. I'm sorry, I didn't want to, I want to cut you off. But let me just tell you that, that to the extent that I'm, that I've, I've done a good job on that over time, it's only because I've been in trial enough to know how to screw it up and see what works and what doesn't. And that means getting in trial. Now, that means how do you get in trial? That means when I offer to have someone come in, that you do whatever's necessary to make yourself available. You bug the crap out of me. You do whatever. So my next trial, I'm going to offer this to, to other people. Right? Ahmed and Lisa got a great experience. Karen in the Ventura trial, a great experience. How did they get that experience? They asked me. So again, another example of always take your shots. Oh, but I didn't get the chance to go for this trial. Well, so what? Next time, email me, text me, whatever, right? But Corinne, real quick, you first trial in Ventura that we did a couple of weeks ago, just a quick hit. What did you think was the biggest takeaway as a, as a new kind of a young, younger lawyer with, with less trial experience that you think would be helpful?
1: Oh, wow, that's a that's a very big question. Um, There was just so much that I learned, uh, learned from that trial. I would say the biggest thing is just it's all perception. You just have to perceive everything that comes at you and, and be able to turn things around. And if you can perceive things more positively, you'll be able to just just handle whatever comes at you. Everything is perception that that would probably be the biggest thing I took away from it from watching you and the way you turn things around that got thrown at us um from the way I process things and you know you calming me down and just showing me how to look at them differently um, and just from a ton of examples I saw that trial was I, I learned a lot from it there was a lot going on so
0: so I, I said this last time but I just want to say what a great job um, both of y'all did, but Karen, her first witness was in a trial was the plaintiff, the, the wife, and she goes through direct. She does a really good job. It's, this is her first witness, and they start in on the cross with Sub Rosa and playing Sub Rosa, and Karen is just like, what is going on here? And I'm saying, you got to object, and she's like, what? what? But you know what? <laughs> That is what is required. That is what's gonna happen. The only thing you can expect at trial is the unexpected. And that's why I say the most important skill as a good trialer is heartbeat control. Because if you were freaking out, you can't think, right? When you ask a question and the judge objects and you can't get it in and you start freaking out, you can't think. When somebody says something you're not expecting. When somebody says, I got an anonymous call from whatever, and here's his wife's Instagram page, you got to not freak out. And that is a learned skill with experience. It took me about six or seven trials, and then I was good to go. Right? People are like, why do you, are you so comfortable talking in groups and talking to you? Because I've done it a lot. I wasn't always this way. you know my first trial was like ladies and gentlemen and it gets better. All right, switching switch switching topics. Anything else on those topics we want to talk about? everybody good? Yeah, David. Unmute. There you go. Just out of curiosity. how did you? Handle that situation with the doctor of you having this prior, past professional social relationship with him.
2: Well, I looked
0: it up, and there's a evidence code section. I mean, a code of civil procedure that says once a witness is uh, is dismissed, only with leave of court for good cause found, can you call him back. And I said, Judge, there's nothing that they couldn't have discovered had they done their due diligence. And they go, but we didn't know. And I said, that's not our problem. And the judge goes, you're right. It's not our, it's, if you didn't know, tough shit. Uh, You had an opportunity to cross examine. And you know what? As soon as the judge said that, you know what I did? I shut my mouth. How many times do you gild the lily? You know what? That's the last thing. Somebody... I keep saying, don't gild the lily. And I guess that's because I'm in my 50s that that means something. What that means is, you know what a lily is, a flower, it's gorgeous, right? It's a beautiful flower. And when you gild something, it means you coat it, you coat it with gold. And back in old time, if you wanted to make something more valuable, you'd gild it, you'd cover it in gold. And the phrase don't gild the lily is that you've got a beautiful thing already Don't try to cover it with gold to make it even more beautiful because you kill the flower, right? And that is so important. When you're winning, don't try to win more because sometimes you get kicked in the, you know what, right? When you get a good thing that a witness says that helps you, don't go back to it. You admit liability. Yes, I do. Just so we're clear, just so we understand, you admit liability, right? Well, you know, now that I think about it, that happens all the time. Do not do that. And so, for example, when the, as soon as the judge said that, I'm like, I'm gonna just stop talking. And that's a very important thing for all of us in our motions, in our hearings. Many times, as soon as you realize you're about to win, Do not snatch defeat from the jaws of victory happens a lot.
1: The biggest thing I took from this trial, Mike was, you said something specific. You said, you're focusing on the micro. You need to be looking at the macro Yeah. because I had sent you a text in the middle, I believe of a direct and asked you, what do we think of redirecting on this topic? And you obviously didn't redirect on topic. After the fact, you told me we got enough. Um, if, the, if the jury likes the overall situation, they're not going to focus on those tiny little micros. And that's my biggest problem is I focus, I believe, too much on micro. And that, that's a big take that I. if there was any, that's the biggest plus from my, this experience for me.
0: And see, that's a valuable thing that as you apply that in your life, in your practice, I think will help you.
1: Which is gilding the lily, like you say.
0: Exactly. See, I'm bringing y'all all all into the 60s and the 70s and the 80s. Come on now. In fact, I'm going to see Cool and the Gang at the Hollywood Bowl on July 4th. And at least half the people I said that to go, who's that? And then I go, you know, like celebrate good time. Come on, they go what song is that? I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs) Um, So to run with the macro, the next thing I wanted to do is, you know, Resa Torque today is I think a genius. And he put me on to his teachings, but also to the book called fireproof, which is written by a guy named Mike Morse, who is the, who owns the largest PI firm in Michigan. And You know, Reza's very upfront. He's like, yeah, whatever this guy did, I stole from him and see it. But everything's about execution, right? I've stolen 100% of what I talk about. I have no original thoughts ever, I don't believe. But that's okay because it doesn't matter if you're unique or original, it matters how you execute. And one of the things that Reza has preached that that book preaches is the macro over the micro, first and foremost. And I wanted to show you what we're doing in Alder Law and Zapanta Alder Law on a macro basis. And I'd like to invite you all to do the things the same. Now, we all know what core values are, firm mottos are. And I hate to use those words because just like when a jury hears slip and fall or pain and suffering, they go, "Oh, oh. When we all hear core values, you're like, uh, firm mottos, you're like, "Uh." So let's call it something else. We all have things that we know are our guiding principles. There are things that we know at base that we know are good things in our lives and bad things in our lives. There are things that we know that if we approach them in one way, we tend to get better results then if we approach them in another way, we get less better results. And so I've distilled down some philosophies, some approaches that I'm gonna share with you guys, five things that we are applying in our firms. We apply them in our lives too, but you can steal all of this or none of it. I, I You know, if it helps you, take it. But I wanna show you what it is. And I've written it up here. And I am emailing it to every person in my firm and in Z.A. law every single morning, not just when they're in church on Sundays. And you know what? If they don't read it 99 percent of the time, I choose to say, boy, they read it one percent of the time. Right. So here's what it is. So let me see if I can show you. Number one, positive. Number two, perspective. Number three, client focused. Number four, help first, ask second. And number five, consistent tasks one at a time. So let me go through that again. And I'll sing this to anybody who wants it. Positive, perspective, client focused, help first, ask second, consistent tasks one at a time. So let me talk about that for just a minute and tell you how the interplay of all this stuff really is, there's no one, no five, these are all equal. And when you go through it, I think take a step back and say to, well, is positivity something that I think will help me? Maybe if I change my language from but to and. Maybe if we just say, not ask why, but ask why not. Maybe if we say the answer is yes, now what's the question? Maybe we look at what we can do, not what we can't do. So let me say this and show you how I apply this, and, and I think anybody can. Now, let's start in no particular order. Consistent tasks, one at a time. Okay. Now, we talked about multitasking being a bad word because it came into existence when the computer came in. And they're like, "Wow, these computers can do multiple tasks at the same time. Actually, they couldn't, but they could do them so fast, it seemed like it was one at the same time. And yet somehow we picked up that if we're doing good, we're multitasking. And if we can't multitask, then we're not doing it as efficiently. The research and studies are crystal clear that if you try to do multiple tasks at the same time, you get much less done than doing multiple tasks
1: Mike, you froze. And I'm not
0: going to do them all at the same time. I'm going to do the first one. I'm fro. Oh, shoot. Am I back? You're back. You're okay. Back. So instead of doing these tasks all at the same time, I have a list. I'm gonna do one and only that one until I'm finished or I have my time up. The other thing is, is that it is well known that if you have a text or an email or someone comes in and interrupts you during a task, especially one that requires some mental energy Right? You're trying to write a motion or whatever. Just a text popping up sets you back. And and you acknowledge it. You look at it. It's going to take you a minute or more to kind of refocus and get back to your work. So if that happens in an hour 20 times, you've lost one third of your time just trying to refocus and get back to the work you've done. So how do we apply this? Look at what task each time you do it one at a time and try to, when you're doing that task, get rid of distractions. And if you need to look at emails, then one of the tasks that you have for that day is to look at emails. And when you're looking at emails, you're looking at emails and doing nothing else. But when it's not the time to look at emails, you don't look at emails. Second, help first, ask second right? It kind of goes to, if you have this attitude of helping first, asking second, generally, you're more positive. Generally, your perspective is better. When you say, how can I help my firm, my team, my family, my spouse, my kids, my friends? How can I help them? How can I help Aldertalk? rather than how can they help me, it changes your entire mindset. And you know what happens that I find when you give a lot of help, you get a lot of help. I have found when you give a lot of money, you get a lot of money. When you give a lot of love, you get a lot of love. When you give your time, you seem to have more time. When you give respect, you get respect. This idea about earning respect I get that, but if you start by giving respect, you get respect back a lot faster. That's what we do. Next, client focus. If everything we do, we think about from the client perspective, then I believe that we help move cases forward. For example, what do clients care about? They care about mostly being updated and knowing and answering, You know, getting information about their case. Two, resolving it as fast as they can because they need to. And three, for as much money as they can get. But number three is actually probably the least important of the three. So now if we say client focused, we want to go as fast as possible. That affects the choices we make. Hey, we can mediate this case in August or November. And here's the available time. If you're client-focused, you're picking the earlier date because you know that's the best thing for your client. If you're maybe not client-focused, you're like, boy, I got a lot to do. That mediation is going to take a lot of work. Let me kick it back to November so I
2: IQ first again.
0: Client focused. I know. Uh, now, can you hear me? Yeah. So, if you're client focused, you're taking that depot tomorrow because you understand that the depot is needed for their supervisor. Before the supervisor is going to give money, they need to have that depot done. Right? So, again, client focused affects your cases and your choices positively. Then, of course, positive at the top. If if we do nothing but talk about in two weeks when all y'all come back to Alder Talk, because I know you love it, how many times have we used and instead of but? Try to keep track of it just generally.
2: Adventure. Mikey, you froze again. Still frozen. Yes,
1: yeah, still frozen. You back yeah
0: i'm sorry i'm in my office um perspective hey that means i can get some faster internet yes um so that positivity kind of affects everything and then of course perspective and i wanted to tell you guys about a book it's called the obstacle is the way so I've been uh, listening to this on Audible and it's a written by a guy named Ryan holiday, Ryan holiday. And the book is called the obstacle, not in the way, but the obstacle is the way. And again, you don't have to read it. You can read the cliff notes or you can do the whatever, but the primary principle is about perspective and positivity And they go through with examples of most major achievements individually, company, country was understanding that obstacles are not in the way but they are the way forward. And most ingenuity, most expansion happens when there's a seemingly insurmountable obstacle that instead you choose to figure out how to get around that obstacle. And they, they start by saying, you know, when the 2008 crisis happened with the banks failing, out of that came Uber, Lyft, LinkedIn, Google, you know, all these different things. Look at what happened just with the pandemic, this huge obstacle. We can't talk to each other anymore in person. We can't go to work. We can't do whatever. The companies and the people that used that obstacle as a way of now figuring out alternatives are much better prepared for the future than saying, oh, this is an obstacle and I can't get around it. How did I deal with it? Hell, I learned how to do some social media. Y'all are probably sick of my social media, but right before COVID, I didn't even know what Instagram was. Hashtag, I had to look up on Google. No shit, right? My yard outside, pfft, bunch, of, bunch of shrubs. Now it looks damn good. I've always wanted critters. Hey, COVID maybe get critters. A lot of things were not special. It was just understanding that look, an obstacle is what it is. That big old rock in front of you ain't gonna get any smaller. It ain't gonna get any less weight But whether you get past that rock is completely up to you. And if it doesn't work one way, remember, when you fail, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. When you fail, which is gonna happen, (coughs) what matters is you view it as an event, not as an identity. And so I'd recommend something like that. There's not, um, Reza has some other stuff on here that is really amazing. These are some examples. So as we end, and I just wanted to, I'll leave it at the end for anybody to say anything. I know I'm preaching and I appreciate y'all coming every you know Friday in church. Um, take what helps, don't take what doesn't help, right? If you guys need to talk about this a million other times with me, I'm available at any time. Um, Gina, uh, by the way, if you guys have not, if you're a frequent member of Aldertalk and you have not gotten an invite to Gina's Boots and Bling Party on July 10th, please email me because I want you guys to have an invite. And by the way, if you don't bring the bling, it's your fault because this is gonna be at a beautiful horse ranch that none of us know exists right in the middle of Las Feliz, like 350 horse ranch, crazy. It's going to be an off the chain, but you got to come country, boots, bling. So I know a lot of y'all have gotten the invite and have RSVP'd, but if you haven't, I really have enjoyed spending time with everybody. And I want to share my beautiful wife's birthday with everybody and yell it from the rooftop. So with that, we got about two, or three more minutes. Anybody want to say anything? I hope this has been helpful. Um, all right. I love y'all. i will see you in a couple of weeks. As soon as I get the next trial, I'll put the word out and y'all better come on.
1: Thanks,
2: Mike. All right, guys. Thanks. Take care. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike.